Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome. We got a phenomenal show for you today. One of my really good buddies, my one of my good friends, and whenever we're together, we laugh a lot. We spend most of the time laughing. It's just a wonderful human being with lots of really good stories. We're going to bring him in in a few minutes, Mr. Tommy Gomes, but let's talk a little bit of business real quick, gang. Thank you, everyone, across all social media platforms. And my goodness, we jumped on thread yesterday, the new platform that Zuckerberg built. Oh, my gosh, we already got – we jumped on it yesterday, and we've already got over a 1,000 followers. So make sure you check us out over there. We're posting videos over there also. We put three brand new videos out every single day across all social media. We do this podcast Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. It's the only live podcast in America five days a week that I'm aware of. We do it all over the place. And I want to thank you all. Without all of you watching, we couldn't do it. We get millions and millions of views a week. I'm blown away by all the love and all the, all the people commenting. I want to thank everybody. Don't forget. Sprinkle those stars out across uh, Facebook, please. Let let us know. Help me feed Marley. Help me feed the kitties. Help me buy cool stuff for Kelly. We need the stars. We need them sprinkled out on Facebook. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the like button. Those things matter more than I can even comprehend. I didn't know how much they matter, but Elliot tries to let me know every day. The like button, the subscribe, and the follow button are the three things that Keep pushing that algorithm and get me out in front of more people. So help me out as much as you can. Don't forget my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. And here we go. We're bringing in the man, Tommy Gomes. He's starting out the day with us. Come on in, Tom. Let's do this. Hey, buddy. Woo! What's up, bro? Good morning. I said, oh, go ahead and grab something to eat. I'll, I'll be a few minutes. I, I wait. I watched you when you put that food in your mouth. I'm like, bring him in. Yeah. I was eating... Uh, Smoked oysters, canned smoked oysters from Alaska, and mussels in a savory sauce from Patagonia. And uh, th this whole tin fish thing, bro, this ain't, this isn't what our parents ate. This isn't kipper snacks coming from Ralph Servans anymore, man. Definitely eat the sardines, eat the anchovies coming in these cans. It's absolutely delicious. Yeah. I, Grew up eating smoked oysters out of the can. That was my dad and I. That was our thing. Ritz cracker, smoked oysters, baby. That was the thing. I can't. You're, the, what you're eating right now sounds absolutely incredible. We were eating those little tiny ones, you know, those little, they're about that big in the smoked oyster yeah. can, the little tin. They were heaven. My boys, both my boys eat them today all the time. Go to their houses, they're eating those smoked oysters, but they're not that stuff you're eating. Yeah. I got drips all over my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We had I'm sitting there shoveling while you're on break. I'm just shoveling like throwing bait on albacore, man. <laughs> yeah, I was watching you foaming in the corner. I was seeing you on the corner right on the spot, just wailing on him. There you go. Hey, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. This big movement that they're doing where they're gonna destroy that uh 
Central California fishery. They're absolutely going to destroy it. I want to talk about that, this salad shooter thing, the biggest farce ever stuck in the mouths of the American people. We want to talk about that. We want to talk about seafood coming from place of origin. We want to talk about so much stuff. But we had Shayla on the show from John's Fish Market yesterday. And she was doing a little part with me for about a half an hour. And uh, she got into talking about that. And I'm probably going to blow the, but that montong, what do you call it? Monchong. Monchong. Yeah. The way she made it sound and then watching your videos about it. I can't believe I never ate it. And I'm going to be up there on the third for the uh, Anthony Shea Conservation Award to Bill Shedd. And I'm definitely coming to Tunaville in the morning. That's my first thing. I already told Kelly, I'm getting up early. I'm going to see Tommy in the morning. And we're going to go get to see all this cool fish you got. And I can't wait to t try a piece of that thing. Can you just tell us a little bit about that fish? And then we're going to get into all the other cool shit we got to talk about. Yeah, so my, my good friend Pete Close... Uh, he runs Tuna Harbor Dockside Market. And during the pandemic, he and I got real close. And and uh, he describes Mongchong as a cross between a halibut and a black cod got together. And that's what they had. Their baby would have been a Mongchong. So it's a deep water sickleback black palm fret. Uh, down in New Zealand, Australia, they call it a black snapper. Um there's two species that school together, it seems to be, and one of them is more, there's a little indentation on the tail and a little more of a bump on the head. Um, those are the ones that are really super clean. The other ones do have a tendency to have uh, parasites towards the bottom loin of the back end. They have a couple, they have some parasites back there that you just, you just cut that piece off, but um, and I don't know what these parasites are. I've tried to look them up and I can't find them. So somebody needs to, you know, if any scientist is out there watching this, which I'm sure there is, uh, you might want to look into that because I'm sure, you know, you guys live off of grant money and there might be a grant there for you. Um, you know, you just you got to figure out what it is. But the fish is absolutely delicious. And the great thing about that fish is, is in the collar, you know, I get people eating collars out of everything now. And in the collar is, is this bone section here. And it has this beautiful, long, sweeping bone section that's filled with a beautiful, solid piece of meat that's delicious. But when you pull it out, the first reaction is, I'm not eating that. But it because it, it's dark and gray and it's like, I don't want to eat that. Because the first thing we do is we see it with our eyes. And it, it, it's just sure. a beautiful fish, that collar, that meat that comes out of the collar is, is dark and gray and black. And, but eat it because it's delicious. All right. Look at, look at that Opa breakdown video. Huh. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that, that video got a couple of views, huh? 80-something million across the board. That is insane. That is so cool. What a bitchin' fish. But when I caught my first one, I didn't know nothing about it. I went and watched your video about how to cut it. I didn't know anything about it. And I was shocked when I got into it and I looked in there and I was like, look at all these different pieces of meat inside this fish. It's the yeah. weirdest thing you ever see. So, so fish is like that. You know what? When you break down a cow, it's the same thing. When you break down a chicken, it's always the same thing. When you break down a fish, 
if you have 10 different species, there's 10 different fish that are going to cut 10 different ways. It's not the same like you're cutting a pig or, or a chicken or a cow. You know, each fish cuts differently and, and each fish has different sections and each one of those sections have a different texture and a different flavor profile and a different fat content. And they're just so much better. Um, you know, eat the whole fish, you eat the whole chicken. And yet, you know, I say it all the time, man, people want a four ounce piece of fish, bloodline out, skin off, no bones, and they don't want it to taste like fish. Go get a piece of chicken, you know, eat a piece of pork then, man, because fish is beautiful. Fish is the only protein that we don't manufacture. Wild seafood is the only protein we don't manufacture we're manufacturing our beef our chicken our cows we're pumping them up full of bullshit antibiotics and all this stuff and yet people still won't support your american commercial fishermen by buying a local seafood product or at least a product of the usa it's just it just blows me away well that's brings us right into a perfect segment that I was talking to Shayla about yesterday. With the United States has such a appetite for seafood, big time appetite. But on the other hand, they don't want us to fish for seafood in America. They, they are doing their very best to make sure that we do not fish for seafood in America. No. Craziest thing you've ever heard of? Yeah, they don't want a bunch of stinky, grungy fishermen anywhere, man. They want those beautiful, beautiful yachts that don't go anywhere. But, you know, is that picturesque thing. Look, man, people got to eat, bro. People have to eat. And during the pandemic, I know up and down the western and eastern seaboard and throughout the Gulf states, the commercial fishermen were selling off of their dock. And a lot of times they knew people were hurting and they were giving fish away because people needed to eat. You know, we were down here in San Diego and we were selling beautiful sushi grade tuna right off of the boats and people were coming up going, Hey, I, I, I only got 20 bucks. How much can I get for my family? Like here, dude, here's five pounds. You know, that stuff was usually going for $20 a pound. And these fishermen were feeding people, and we're barely making any money, if any money at all, yet they turned right around and went back out fishing because people needed to eat. It wasn't because they needed to work and go fishing. Nobody, the restaurants were closed. The, the processors were closed. The wholesalers were closed. Everybody was closed. But your American fishermen went back out fishing to go catch food for the American public and nobody got any recognition on that, bro. Nobody. There was the, the news sources weren't down at, at any of the docks, East Coast, Left Coast, Gulf States. They weren't up in Alaska. They weren't anywhere. Nobody told the story about what the American fishermen who are independently owners and operators went back out to catch food for America. And I find that so unbelievable that they didn't report it, didn't talk about it. What a feel-good, love kind of story, but I know that, that the uh, mainstream media does not like that. They only like drama and hate, but <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that's, the only reason, that's the only thing you're going to see. Yeah. 
what I thought was so bitching, and I was watching you just like you were watching me because we were both like, we, what do we get? We have, you and I are like ADD guys. We have so much energy and so much stuff. And then we just started to do our, our uh, social media, like nobody's business and yeah. not because we wanted to be social media guys. We just, we were bored. We couldn't talk to people. There wasn't anybody. Yeah. And then you started feeding San Diego. Dude, yeah. I was watching it on your social media. I mean, people don't even talk about it. I know some, a couple of uh, newspapers talked about you and it was kind of a feel good story, but you were doing it only because you were feeding San Diego. Yeah. People needed to eat, people needed to eat and the fishermen needed to get that stuff off their boat. And I know they were only making, you know, a quarter of what they should have made but they were feeding people and they went back out and, and got more and came back in. And they were doing that during the, the whole pandemic, man. They were going out and fishing and coming in and, and, you know, if they made a little bit of money, fine. If they didn't make any money, that was fine too. Um, but they did it because people needed to eat and people were hurting. They were literally hurting. And it's amazing that the powers that be want to put those guys out of work and they'd rather, import a bunch of seafood from faraway lands rather than support the independent owned and operated commercial fishermen. Well, that's something that I think is something you and I need to talk about and let people know is they go ahead. I'm not answering that phone. They preach and preach and preach about sustainable fisheries, sustainable fisheries. It's like, it has to be on all the packages now and all that. And you and I both know that's the biggest crock of bullshit. And I'm sorry, I don't cuss on my show and I got to give all the kids in the audience free stuff right now. But it's going to be almost impossible to find American caught seafood at Costco, American caught seafood at the grocery store. This stuff's coming from foreign countries all day, every day. And you're, my favorite saying, and I use it all the time is, Cheap seafood isn't good and good seafood isn't cheap. And American caught seafood, right? Did I say it right? Yeah, good seafood ain't cheap and cheap seafood ain't good. Right. But people are going to Costco. They're not coming to John's Fish Market. They're not coming to Tunaville. They're not going to those places. They're going to the freaking grocery store. They're thinking, they see the package, they pick it up and they go, oh, sustainable. It ain't sustainable, folks. It's baloney. It's garbage. It's trash. And talk about that for a minute. Cause you have a TV show that is absolutely ripping the covers off and sh- exposing this. Yeah, yeah, we are. You no, know, it's, it's great. It's funny because I thought we had, we had one, you know, I had one shot. Okay, man, let's support the American fleet. Um, you know, my, the crew that we have on the show, Scott Laseth and Jim Torres and Bill and Kyle and all, just all the guys, the show is because of them, right? They, they're the ones that I'm just the host of the show and know what questions to ask. And I'm very comfortable around other fishermen and the fishermen go, Oh, he is one of us. Right. So they open up because fishermen don't want to talk to anybody, but buying American seafood is important. And when you think about it, everybody wants cheap seafood and it's just not good. You, you hit it. You know, why, why don't you go to John's Seafood? Why don't you go to Tunaville Market and Grocery? Within a football field length, we have Point Loma Seafoods. We have Mitch's Seafood. 
Next door to me sharing a wall is Chula Seafood, and we have Tunaville Market and Grocery. If you can't find what you're looking for within those shops, then be my guest. Go to 99 Ranch and get that crap. Go to 99 Ranch and find that farm-raised shrimp coming out of Sri Lanka or some someplace else that's flown in that's just not good for you. And, you know, go buy your swai and your tilapia and your IUU fish, which is illegal, unreported, unregulated seafood. Go get that stuff. And in the meantime, you're going to sit there and, and send money to save the seals and save the whales and everything. What about saving your commercial American fishermen that are doing the right thing, that are out there practicing sustainable harvesting and not wanting to kill or maim or injure any marine mammals or any birds or anything like that? But yet you're going to sit there and support these other countries that are just going out there and playing like it's the Wild West. And every American fisherman is following the rules and regulations to the letter. And yeah, we've got knuckleheads, right? Everybody, every industry does. But what I'm saying is, why are you sitting there supporting countries that are out there just wild west fishing, killing indiscriminately whatever they want and go, go, go. And then they catch it. They're a foreign flag boat. Let's say they're from, let's say they're from China or from Africa or Indonesia or someplace like that. And they go and they offload into Ecuador. Ecuador becomes the country of origin. If they offload in Mexico, Mexico becomes the country of origin. And you're going, oh, it's from Mexico. It's just right next door. That's not bad, you know? It is bad. It's just, it's a smoke and mirror game. So you have to trust your fishmonger. You gotta ask questions. You got to know your source and you got to know what you're putting in your body for crying out loud. Yeah. Now, see, you're going to get me all fired up here. That's what I want to do. Because here's the thing that you summed up. When I had you on the show six months ago, we talked about this. Something that the people need to understand is not only are you supporting Tunaville when you come down to your grocery store or John's Fish Market or Point Loma Seafood. You look at all the people behind the counter, or you can do, you can watch Tommy in the morning unloading the boat, yeah. unloading the fish, the guy that's pushing the fish up the dock, the guy that drove the ice truck down and filled the boat up, the guy at the fuel dock. You're supporting so many families by buying seafood that you know where it, ca it came from. It came from off the docks in San Diego. It yeah. came from, and you're supporting all these families of America. And you go, well, I don't want to buy that. I'm going to go to Costco and get it. It says right on the bag, it's sustainable. Yeah. That bag of shit. Oh, God. I don't know why you're here. And I that's three times now I said that bad word. But that bag of crap that you buy at Costco, that isn't even, 90% of it ain't even fish. They well, slap those the, things together. They press them together. They make them look like a filet. Yeah. The thing is, is that when you're buying a local fish, <clears throat> you're supporting jobs. And what people don't understand is that that fish has created jobs before it's even caught. Before the boat even leaves the dock, it's created jobs. You've got forklift drivers, ice house, fuel dock. you got to go to the grocery store. you got people that stock the grocery shelves. you got baggers, cashiers, all of that stuff before you even go out and catch the fish. And then you got to go catch the fish. And I don't know if you know this or not, Dave, but they got tails and they move. Right. 
Yeah. And when you think they went left, they went right. <laughs> and you better hope somebody in your code group finds them and goes, hey, man, they're over here. Oh, okay, we're going over there. Thank you. We'll and then when you hit the dock, gallons of fuel to go over there. Yeah. And when you hit <laughs> when you hit the dock, you know, you got the forklift drivers, then you got the box companies, and you got filleters and processors and baggers and cutters and drivers and all this. And it takes it to a restaurant where you got front of the house, back of the house, dishwasher, chef, cook, prep cook, sous chef, managers, everybody. And that's what's going on. And when you when you think about it, that stuff goes all the way to the dishwasher. And then it gets picked up by waste management and it goes to the dump. That fish, that one fish is generating an economic boom all along the waterfront, all the way to your store, all the way to your restaurant, and all the way home. Somebody wants a free shirt. Yeah, John's getting one. Don't worry. Listen, John, I love you, man. And thanks for that post about the yellowtail. It came out beautiful. Tommy, you're you're traveling all around the United States making this bitchin' TV show, which I love. Because can, you believe, can you believe I got a TV show, bro? <laughs> I mean, no. I wonder if the guy still got a job that let me get that TV show. Uh, <laughs> but it's so entertaining. People, if you haven't seen Tommy's show, it is so entertaining because he's actually out there. Like he said, commercial fishermen don't want to talk to anybody. You know why? Because everybody's out to get them. Yeah. Everybody's out to get them, man. If they find out that you actually, if they find out that you could pay your rent because you caught a fish, oh, 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 oh. Dude, you're doing something wrong. You paid your bills. I'm going to Costco to get my fish. I'm going to go support Joe Booger Eater from China. Yeah. I don't understand that mentality, but that's why commercial fishermen are terrified to talk. They don't want to talk to anybody. And then you go down the dock and you talk and you got the lingo. You're talking the talk. You're, you're looking yeah. at the net. You're looking at the long line. You're, you know the hook, the swivel, what it's all called. You're like, they're like, Oh, this guy ain't a TV producer. This guy no. is actually a fisherman. Yeah, this guy actually has boots on deck, time behind the wheel. You know, yeah. um, right? Why the, do you think? Why do you think now that you've traveled around America for three years, almost four years, doing your show? Why do you think that America, the powers in America, are so hell bent on destroying this livelihood? Oh, that's people, easy. They're that's still easy. eating that fish. Go tell us. That's easy, man. One, two words. Real estate. <laughs> Real estate. Waterfront property, bro. Real estate. Waterfront property. He wants a bunch of stinky fishermen. I mean, come on. San Diego was the largest tuna fishing fleet in the world till 1985. All along our waterfront was tuna boats and canneries. We supplied 90% of the world's tuna. We supplied the troops for the war ww2 the big one we supplied fresh fish or canned fish rather from sardines anchovies tuna bonita mackerel we supplied our troops with that between san francisco monterey san pedro terminal island and down here in san diego all that waterfront is all being redeveloped hotels resort type community things shops restaurants that are going to fail you know, and, and it's just the waterfront. And I'm seeing the same story all across the, the waterfront. You know, they're pushing the fishermen up river, pushing them up river because they want to develop this down here. You know, 
I was in Gloucester, I was in New Bedford, and I saw, you know, these buildings that were, you know, literally hundreds of years old, 200 years old, and they were getting torn down and refurbished with condos going up. And I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. You're going to push these fishermen upriver just so that you can have a better view of the water uh, from the water. It doesn't make sense. No, it's pretty sad. But I had I didn't even thank you because my silly old man at butt didn't even understand that was the deal. I just thought it was control. No, man, it's waterfront. It's waterfront property. You know, they don't make land anymore. It stops right here at the water. They don't make land anymore. And those with, you know, they, they it's just so much what they have. Um, the waterfront property is so valuable that it's a, it's 10 times more valuable than it is for the 80-foot longline boat coming in with 30,000 pounds of, of fresh tuna every 28 to 32 days, you know? Right. And, and it's just, it's sad because the American fisherman, the auto worker, the farm worker, the steel worker, the backbone of America is no more. This is no more. Everything is being imported, you know? Um, and we become that, that generation now of we want it now, we want it fast and, oh, it's broken, throw it away. You know, those of us that are smart enough to, oh, you're, oh, you're, 25-year-old frigidaire refrigerator stopped working, you're smart enough to go onto YouTube and watch a video of some old dude like us, right? Go, yeah, this is what you do. You go and buy this $12 part and you put it in there and your refrigerator works again. But no, let's shit can the, that refrigerator and let's go buy another $2,500 one. Are you kidding me? Right. That's just the way it is. Well, remember when we were children, there was TV repairman. There was a TV repairman that came out to your house and fixed your TV and he had a storefront and he had employees and they had a truck with the signet sign on the side that TV repairman. And there wasn't one of those. There was a hundred of those in our neighborhood or in our town. Yeah. hundred TV repairman. You got your TV fixed, refrigerator fixed, your washing machine fixed. Yeah. Those guys are all gone. They're all yeah. over. That's, that's gone. Like you said, we're in a throwaway world. The biggest problem they saw after the pandemic was that the uh all the the containers on the docks in la and long beach and no one wanted to take them back because we don't make anything here anymore yeah we don't make anything so after the pandemic everybody was like "Uh oh we don't we got to get stuff here but they got no containers and they we had all the containers because we took everything but we did like you said we're throwaway throwaway culture now yeah everything away and everything's changed, you know, in in the fishing world. I mean, I say it all the time, you know, and, and you're a big advocate on taking kids fishing and, and a bunch of the fishing uh, tackle manufacturers, you know, that are left or distributors that are left are promoting, you know, take kids fishing, man. We need more Xbox or less. What is it? We need more tackle boxes and less Xboxes. We need more welding machines and less Xboxes. We need that stuff because you know, hands-on and, and, you know, it, it builds character and it builds relationships and things like that. And I don't know, man, it's, we sound like two grumpy old dudes, but it, we're not grumpy. It's just fact. No. That nobody, nobody wants to state these facts because in this woke community, uh, you can't offend anybody. Yes. You got to be very, very careful with that. Be very, also, very careful. 
or you'll be canceled. <laughs> Coming from where you and I come from, can you imagine getting out there right now and finding a kid that wants to get on a boat and go away for th three or four weeks or a month and go work on a boat and and ask you before you leave how much are we going to make? And you, you, I have no idea. We we have no idea what we're going to make. Yeah, you might know. You know, we know what we need to make to break even. I can tell you that number. You might come back and owe me money. <laughs> oh, remember those days? You didn't make expenses. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yes. I, I remember guys bringing their sons down with the judge saying he has two choices. He can either go fishing on your boat or we're going to put him in juvenile hall. And you look at the kid and you go, well, what do you want to do, kid? And they get on the boat. And now I still I'm still in touch with a bunch of those guys, as you are too, Dave. You know, you get the Grom and you work him up and you give him one of your old rods that you're never going to use anyways. You know, and you give him a pen 500 that's all mooled out. That was the super cool thing back in the day. And, you know, his boots are too big and he's just on the boat every day, every day, every day, the whole summer and blah, blah, blah. And then you don't see him again for two years. But when you do, you notice he's in the pilot house of a boat backing it into a slip because he went without his license. And that's because you gave him a shot and a bucket and a scrub brush. And he stayed out of trouble all summer and he learned work ethics. And he got to hang out with a bunch of old men and women that have gone through life, that that shared experience, strength and hope, take it from the rooms of AA. Right. And that kid grasped that and move forward you know i got a couple of kids down here in san diego man a kid cody kessler you know he's running a sport boat now i remember you know what is it 15 years ago he come walking by my uni butter booth man i'm like here kid have a jacket and a couple shirts and here's here's a bunch of uni butter go fishing and now he's running a sport boat and i see him and he's still wearing that jacket yeah and I look at that and I go, oh, yeah, I remember that kid. I remember that kid. Hey, real quick, we got to touch on a little bit of business. Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Alliance. Larry was on the show a couple weeks ago, gang. Larry's got a great deal going. He's got a charter coming up on the success. Going out of San Diego, 10 guys. It's a limited load, three and a half day trip on the success. You heard Larry talking a couple weeks ago on the show. He was on the podcast on Friday. You want to check out Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. Elliot's flashing up a bunch of different things about what what's going on with the boat, and you can see everything that's going on. And you want to be a part of this, gang, because fishing is getting red hot. Things are starting to happen. Tommy and I were talking about the fish that are starting to hit the docks. Everyone gets all worried. Oh, the bluefin are gone. No, it's a moon phase. They're going to bite wide open here in a couple of days. It's going to be full speed. I was just talking to Tim Ekstrom right before I went live with you, Tommy. He's going to be our guest next week. And he's out there behind Clemente right now. And they're having really good fishing on that smaller grade bluefin, that 20 to 50 pound fish. Gang, the table is set. You want to be part of this trip on the success. Make sure you hit that QR code at the bottom of this when we're done. Hit the QR code. That'll take you to Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. Grab that QR code. That'll get you locked in. You'll go and you'll find out Larry's phone number's there. Make sure you get on that trip on the success. Let them know you found out about it at your saltwater guide. Make sure that you tell them that you saw it on my podcast and let them know. So enough of that being said. Now we took care of you, Larry. So 
Let's get that boat filled up, everybody. You want to go with Larry and the guys over at Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. Tommy, now we're going to get down and dirty. We're going to get really nasty. Let's talk about these salad shooters, bro, because what they... Yeah, want. so, I mean, show me the proof, man. What's in the pudding, bro? Show me that these things are actually going to do any good because the ones out in the desert, I don't, I don't know, man. It's not on my radar. It's not in my wheelhouse. But don't put that don't put that crap out there. Don't take our hard bottom from our fishermen. Don't sit there and, and what are you going to anchor them to? And you're worried about whales getting entangled in lobster gear, so you're going to shut down the main lobster fishery or the California whatever. But you're going to sit there and put these giant windmill farms out there, the giant salad shooters. And look, man, I'm not a scientist. I know the ocean. You know, I'm one of those guys. I'm like you. You know, we're not really smart. But, hey, man, when the satellites fall from the sky, like we can still navigate. Where's the Audubon Society out protecting the birds that are out there? The frigate birds. The, and I don't mean the seagulls, man. I mean the storm petrels and all Fear of that waters. stuff. Yeah, where are they at, man? How come they're not protecting those birds? Yeah, well, that's can, you, can you imagine that beautiful frigate bird that you spot on the big binoculars and you see the curvature of the earth and you see that frigate bird and he's a mile and a half up and he's circling something. And as you're getting closer and closer and you're coming over the curvature of the earth, that all of a sudden they start popping up those windmill blades, you know, and that poor bird, man, when you get up to that thing to find out where, where the fish are, that bird's going to come down. That frigate bird is going to come down to check you out like they always do. And he's going to get sucked into those blades. Come on, man. That's a frigate bird for crying out loud. And yet Autobahn is not doing anything about it. You know why? Because they're getting paid off. So, you know, come on, man. And what happens when those things start leaking and who's going to run out? There? Are you going to run the crew out there in electric boats so that you're not putting more, you know, smoke and exhaust in the air you're going to run out there with electric boats and then what happens when you get out there you're going to plug in and charge them somewhere and what about the salt man the salt's going to eat that stuff up and who's going to fix it i don't know i don't know yeah you do you do know we need to talk about this more because it's pissed i told you we we're going to get nasty and dirty right now this is something i've been talking about for the last four weeks big time well maybe longer than that i don't know my memory shot but my sister sent this over to me to show me what was going on. They're building an island in Long Beach Harbor. They take giant piece of Port, Port Wyneme and they're turning that into a big, giant production facility. The president of the United States of America, we won't say his name, we don't want to get banned, but he just came and gave Gavin Newsom a, a mountain of our money, a mountain of our money to start this green new green deal with building windmills between Point Conception and Big Sur. Now, Jack Webster, I know you know Jack. Jack and I were talking the other day because him and I moved a lot of boats back and forth through that zone. Out there, gang, in this zone where they're going to put these things. Flat um, calm weather. Flat calm all the time. It's, it's the most gnarliest ocean you've ever seen, but it has an epic amount of food. So much bait. The birds, the flocks of birds are just astronomical the amount of birds and like tommy said these birds have never seen a windmill they have no idea what it is 
And then when that wind starts going 35, 40 knots, and those seas are eight to 12 feet, and those things are bouncing up and down because they have to bounce up and down. Yeah. So they're bouncing up and down on steel cable, and they're spinning at a zillion miles an hour, and that poor little bird had no idea what was going on. He is just in a salad shooter. Feathers. Kill a fight. <laughs> and when we were kids, Tommy, you remember? The whales were the most important thing on the planet. Yeah, man. And we were told how horrible we were. We yeah. were the American people for hunting them down in Scammon's Lagoon and Magdalena Bay and San Ignacio when we slaughtered them. And nobody was better at it than America. We were the very, very best whalers in the world, just like we're the very best fishermen in the world. We're the very best at whatever we decide to do. And then we were like, oh, you guys are horrible. You're killing the whales. That's horrible. The whales matter more than anything. Now whales don't matter. Now sea lions don't, our seagulls don't matter. Sea lions matter more than anything. They're oh, the biggest animal on the planet Earth, and they're not allowed to die in any way, shape, or form. But like you said, they shut down the northern, northeastern lobster fishermen because there was an absolute one in a zillion chance that one might get his tail tangled in a lobster trap, which it never happened. Never they happened. Still, they still shut them down. Then they took your guys, the Dungeness crab fishermen, and they shut those guys down last year. They yeah. shut them down hard and blamed it on the chance that they're going to get a whale. They're going to get a whale tangled in their gear. Yeah. So they shut them down. But now, just like you said, now they paid off the right people. And it's all about windmill power in the middle of the ocean, which is going to devastate so many different animals. And it's just mind boggling. Are you guys talking about it at all on the TV show, or is that something you talk about? Yeah, we've talked about it, and um, you know, uh, so what? It takes hard bottom away. So what? They don't care. And see what that? Did you yeah, see that? Oh, so thanks for that question. The, the The name of my television show is called The Fishmonger, and we're on the Outdoor Channel, World Fishing Network, Sportsman's Channel, Amazon Prime, United Airlines, and uh, more coming. Yeah, I made the Mile High Club and uh, still didn't get laid. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it doesn't matter. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of the commercial fishermen. They're just gonna import more and more fish, more and more fish, more and more fish, more cheaper fish. You know, um, that's the thing. So. I don't, I don't know where this, all this windmill farm stuff's coming from. And I really don't understand it because there's also, you know, there's other alternative energy out there. Um, like I said, it's not on my radar, but taking away more hard bottom from your commercial fishermen that are trying to work hard. There's not very many commercial fishermen left when you think about it. And I don't mean the guys that are in the parker skiffs that are going out on the weekends and rod and reeling some yellowtail white sea bass and bluefin i mean commercial fishermen that are going out there every single day that have been doing it for 40 years 20 years that's their primary source of income right um i don't know where they're going to go man they're losing their hard bottom it's kind of like the mpa you know yeah kind of like it it's exactly like it it's the most craziest thing I've ever seen. I just don't understand why we're in something that I was thinking about just now is uh, you know why that seafood is cheap? 
Yes, yeah, I do. I I know exactly why it's cheap. Because it's caught in a super unethical manner with zero, zero respect for anything, people, the environment, anything. But you all that are watching and listening on Spotify and Apple, Megaphone, you're driving in your cars, you're driving down the road. You guys have a bag of seafood in your freezer right now that you got at Costco. So you are... When you buy a bag of seafood at Costco, and I'm sorry, we keep picking on Costco, but my God, they're like the biggest offenders of the whole thing because they're supporting all this unethical fishing. So when you buy that seafood, you're supporting unethical fishing. You are. You're not helping in any way, shape, or form, right? So you got to figure out, you got to know the country of origin. You really do. And, And a lot of these countries... You know, back in the day, we used to think, oh, Japan, Japan, Japan. Japan never overfished. They were always about sustainability. Before sustainability became the $20 word, the Japanese culture and the Japanese people won't allow themselves to overindulge in anything. But they are the consumers of it. See? So they're buying it from everywhere. But they're not out there going in their own fishing areas, you know, devastating it. When you get countries like France and Spain and China, China especially, you know, Taiwan, Vietnam, they have slave labor. They have real true slave labor. You know, they buy these people from prisons, put them on their boats, and they make them go work on commercial fishing boats for years. And there's a few stories out there that you can find on some of the more obscured uh, streaming networks. He's... He's escaping in the back, bro. Get out. I'm out. I'm out of here, Dad. Um, there's a few obscure streaming channels that you can see some of this stuff. They talk about, you know, the, the slave trade and the slave labor. Um, I don't mean seaspiracy because that was just a garbage video. Uh, that was horrible. That was a garbage documentary. People found out that it was garbage and now it. You know, nobody watches it anymore because it was just a pack of lies. Um, But, you know, seafood is something that we need to pay attention on. And and we need to buy it in a manner that is uh, sustainable. And sustainability to me is like the harvesting of good, healthy stocks in a manner of non-destructive habitat. And if there is a bycatch, that we market that bycatch. Because if the big fish eat the small fish, why don't we eat the small fish? See, everybody says, oh, I don't eat bait. Well, what do you think the big fish are eating? They're not eating each other. They're eating the small fish. So eat the small fish. Oh, I don't eat squid, but I love calamari. Hello. Ah. Wake up. You know, what do you think calamari is? Oh, it's not squid. Okay, move on, Poindexter. You know, yeah. um, you know, it, it's just it just amazes me that, and, and even in the sport fishing industry, we go out and we sit there and just put the wood to it. And I know that there's folks that are listening to this program that have, there's a lot of folks listening to the program that have last year's bluefin still in the freezer and they just came back from a five day trip with another thousand, 2000 pounds. Okay. And for those of you, I'm going to switch gears. For those of you that are complaining about the price of going sport fishing now. Okay. Has the game has completely changed. So back in the day, if we left San Diego and we went to the Coronado Islands, we made $15 for the whole day. 
and it was 10 cents a fish for filleting and gilling and gutting was free. God forbid you went all the way out to the Tanner Bank and fished rock cod for three days because they were 10 cents a piece filleted, gilled and gutted for free, and you only made $20 a day on a three-day trip because it was the same thing as if you were albacore fishing. For those of you that don't know, albacore used to be around here and they had the big long fins, but, and you know, you were barely making any money, but you did it for the love. And now the sport fishing owners, you know, the landings are taking a piece, the port's taking a piece, the fuel dock's taking a piece, the, the bait barge is taking a piece. Um, you, your wages have certainly gone sky high for your crew members. You've got to pay them a certain amount of money no matter what. So it's getting expensive. And it, it it's still worth it going out there. And I love this that somebody, Tim just wrote that, I refuse to buy seafood with more frequent flyers miles than myself. I say that on the show that, you know, if your seafood has more frequent flyer miles on it than your American Airlines credit card, you're not doing us American fishermen any good. So, but back to the sport fishing thing, you know, you're going out there to get away from it all, to decompress and to relax and possibly watch somebody else catch their fish of a lifetime because you've already caught your fish of a lifetime and you're still chasing that fish. I know I'm still chasing my big tuna. Dave's chasing his biggest fish. We'll never see one that big. That was it. And yet you're able to go out on a boat and watch somebody else catch their fish of a lifetime. And that's a memory that you can never, never buy or or get by going to the movies or something like that. So just remember that. And, and you know, the sport boats today are not like they were yesteryear with gunny sacks hanging on the side. You know, you've got RSW systems, you've got satellites, you've got telecommunication going on uh, with your phones now. You know, it's not like you were getting on a boat and, and going for 10 days and you were out at sea for 10 days and nobody knew what you were doing. Things have changed rules and regulations have changed so just remember that you're lucky enough to go out on these boats and share your experience with other passengers who might never get another opportunity to go out there and that's important to remember yeah it's about your attitude on that boat don't get out there and start complaining about how much this trip costs you should be very happy that you got to go because they're making it almost impossible that's just like the commercial guys they're on a mission to make sure that we don't go outside and have if they find out we have a suntan tommy they're going to find out how we got it and they're going to do everything in their power to get rid of it oh yeah oh yeah i don't know what what it is about this world that we're living in today that they don't want us to go outside and they sh and back to and i'm sorry because when i have you on here it's just such a pleasure Back to what we were talking about. Here's all the commercial boats. Here's all the stuff going on. That ain't nothing compared to how it used to be. And these guys are out there. If you knew what it took to get that blue boat right there off, just get that blue boat off the dock. Just yeah. the money it cost before they even put a line in the water or a net in the water or anything in the water. What it costs just to get that boat off the dock. People would fall down in their chairs. They would. They don't believe us when we tell them that. But we're not making up this magical story. It's true. Fuel that boat up. 
How much boat? How much fuel does that boat hold, Tommy? Yeah, he he's putting a couple thousand gallons on there. At what was it? Five bucks, four eighty-five a gallon. Yeah. And then he's got to buy bait and and uh, you know, and the crew probably wants to eat a little too on the trip. Yeah, you know, it's funny about that because when the boats come in to offload, they offload it at our docks right here in front of Tunaville Market and Grocery. And um, I'll always run down there with a with two bags filled with pickled tuna salad and and just whatever I got in the shop on on ice ready to go for our customer base. I load the guys up, loaves of bread, go down there, fresh chips, salsa, pico de gallo. Here you go, boys, you know, and they just dig it, man. They're eating and, and having a good time and offloading the boats. And, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can. And, and basically, Dave, what it does here, Captain Dave, is I want it like this, man. I want to educate, I want to promote, and I want to have fun when it comes to American fishermen and the American seafood product. And we want you to know that when you come in to Tunaville Market, you're buying the best quality seafood that your fishermen can bring you. Yeah, well, we're the most over-regulated country in the world as far as fishing goes. So our product is the very best because it is, hey, the way that they've gone about making sure that our product is the very best, that's why our product costs more than anybody else's product because it's done in such a manner that our product is the very best. You know, as well as I know, China wants our seafood. They're, oh, yeah. they, don't, they don't want our seafood be for any other reason except that it is the very best seafood in the whole world. Oh yeah, they want it. And and another thing is that the American commercial fishermen, they're not government subsidized like other countries do. They're on their own. So it gets pretty tough. It's it's amazing what we have to go through to actually catch the fish and then to see the people not understanding or walking into your store and going, I just yeah. the same product at Costco. And no, you didn't. If you go back to that taco kit, so you get a pound of local rockfish, you get the cabbage, the pico de gallo, you get salsa, you get crema, and you get tortillas. You get this whole thing for 25 bucks. With the fish? With the fish. Oh, come on. Yeah, man. You get all of that stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to go get some fish tacos when we're done here. It's crazy, that. right? And so people, I've had people come in and say, why is your fish so expensive? And depending on my mood, sometimes <laughs> go, you can go get $250,000 and hope you can go catch your own. Most of the time I have to explain to him, look, our skin is off. The bloodline's out. You're getting choice cuts. All you got to do is take it home and cut it or cook it. You don't have to take it home and cut a bunch of trim off of it or anything like that. So it's a constant education when it comes to seafood. And I love it. I mean, here's a beautiful example of a, of a dry aged big eye tuna at 30 days, you know, leeway up at the joint up in uh, orange guy's name is leeway he has a place called the joint he's the godfather of dry aging here in southern california he brought it back he revived it brought it back and made it better and he's just a super cool dude all the way around um he goes out on the sport boats all the time man he fishes uh with brian kirahara and uh 
those guys on the American Angler and on the Royal Star and stuff. Dry aging fish is something that the American public is really weird about. I mean, here you're looking at Mohama, which is uh, dry aged and cured loins that are seasoned. You've got all this cool stuff going on. There's a uh, dry aged Toro sitting there. And there's the sausage made from thresher shark and pork fat. There's linguisa, Italian sausage, and chorizo. So there's some fun stuff going on. And a lot of it has been around forever and ever and ever. It just hasn't been around the United States much, you know? Right. So let's, we got, we're going to wrap this up in a few minutes. So let's get back. Let's go down. What's going on with Tommy Gomes? What is this? We keep talking about Tunaville Market. What is going on down there, Tommy? How can these people now? A lot of people are looking at this food and they're they're getting hungry. It's lunchtime, baby. Where what are we doing here? Where are we at? What are we doing? I know, but let's talk to everybody. There's a lot of people watching. Look, if you're down at the sport fishing boats, we're just down the sidewalk. We're just past Jimmy's famous American Tavern, Tunaville Market and Grocery, 4904 North Harbor Drive. We're open Wednesday through Sunday from 10 to 5. I'm usually here till about two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm old. I got to bounce. I got to go home. But, um, you know, if you're coming down to the sport boats, come down to the shop, say hi, meet my crew. It only takes a couple minutes to walk from Fisherman's Landing or Point Loma Sport Fishing. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Mitch from Mitch's Seafood, he's one of our partners involved in this. Uh, Brian Kirahara from the American Angler, Randy Trusant from the Royal Star, Cameron from the Vagabond, John Conniff from the Islander. They're all here, man. They're all part of what we got going on down here. So it's kind of exciting uh, to know that there's a bunch of fishermen that got together to open up a real fish market and we're doing different things. We're doing fun stuff down here. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for super cheap shrimp and stuff like that this isn't the place but if you're looking for good solid quality seafood come see us man we got fun stuff going on and another thing i want you to talk about real quick that people don't understand what you're doing right now what you're doing how you're talking when you guys come and see tommy at the store this is how he's going to talk to you there's not he didn't put on a he look at his shirt when he started. He's showing you he's got fish all over his shirt from just eating. This is Tommy. This is Tommy when you go to the shop, when you go, hey, that piece of bluefin right there, Tom, what do you think I should do? With it? You're going to tell him so much cool, every the pokey, all the cool stuff. This is what you get when you come to Tommy's store. Yeah, it's, Tommy's it's fun. We have a good time here. My manager, Sonny, I'm sure a lot of a lot of folks remember Sonny. She used to manage one of the Turners. She's also a professional race car driver. She's one of my, she is my manager here. She takes care of things for us here. Um, I got another employee here, Renee, he was with me for 15 years. So we're having all kinds of fun. And you got to go check it out, gang. And, and another thing is when you come in there, you're buying seafood that you know where it came from. Tommy will tell you where that chunk of meat came from. He's going to tell oh, you yeah. He knows where that piece of meat came from. It didn't come from a, it didn't come from a dragger off of the China Sea that got no. put into a truck and then taken to the Costco warehouse and put in a bag. That's not how it happened here. 
Yeah, you, you, you're on a roll with hitting Costco, huh? <laughs> well, no, I just think it's not fair because I look at their bags of fish, Tommy, every day. Yeah. They, they love to slap that sustainable fish on every right. one of those bags, and they're lying. They're straight up bullshit. God, I'm just so pissed because they're not telling the truth. It's yeah. not, let's, let's end with a real lie. The people are, and there are people driving in their trucks. We got truck drive. We got people listening to it, the podcast every day. And their wives are listening and their kids are listening. Let's talk about a fish just, and I, we're going to go over a little bit because we're going to talk about this fish, the, the biggest fantasy fish in the history of the world. The Chilean sea bass. Patagonian toothfish. But it, no, no, no. No, no, no. I've had guys want to fight me, take me out in the back, beat my butt because... I don't know what I'm talking about. I would say, if you know the place where these Chilean sea bass bite at, I'm going there. I will even charter the plane. Let's go catch them. Let's yeah, go right. through lines of water and catch them. There is non. There is not a fish. There is not a. Now Tommy's a fishmonger. Tommy, is there a Chilean sea bass? No, there's a Patagonian toothfish. Oh, I was at I was at uh, the fish market uh, restaurant in Del Mar, and it said right on the menu. So. It's got to be true. You don't know what you're talking about. I was yeah, like, oh, exactly. I got a clue. Yeah. Right? The so past like fish. Use the same thing. It's a smoke and mirrors. And I'll make this quick. Every rockfish that's caught and sold, if it's caught in California and sold in California, can be called Pacific Red Snapper. <laughs> Pacific Red Snapper. So you got oh, 30 yeah. different species of rockfish in your fish case, but you're going to call them all Pacific Red Snapper. How are you as the consumer going to know which one you liked better than the other one? You know, and Boccaccio's got a bad name because back in the day it was all shallow water fish and it did have parasites in it. Boccaccio is a beautiful rockfish. That bank perch is a beautiful rockfish. But everybody wants vermilion. Oh, we got to get vermilion, vermilion, vermilion. You know what? Vermilion's a great rockfish too. But you know what? So are all the rest. They're yeah. beautiful. They're delicious. Eat the whole fish. Cook the whole fish. You got a pizza oven? Throw a fish in there. It's not just for pizza. Cook a whole fish. Bring it out. Eat the whole fish. You eat a whole chicken for crying out loud. You're an adult. Play with your food. You're not going to get in trouble. Have a good time. Eat the whole fish. <laughs> you get me all fired up, bro. I, I'm sorry, but I just want people to hear the honest to God truth, gang. There is no such fish. fish. As a Chilean sea bass, there isn't. I don't care how many times you go. I have so many people that tell me, I only like the Chilean sea bass. I go, well, that's, then you might as well eat plastic because it's not a real fish. It's it's pretend. It's a magic fish. It's a magical fish. It's the most craziest thing. Another thing, tilapia. You and I, we know what they did with tilapia. Tilapia was what they used to clean the sewers. That's yeah. what they used because it eats the solid waste at the sewer. Now, all of a sudden... And it's been 15 or 20 years. All of a sudden, now it's the most sought-after fish in the world. I just think, you have no idea what you're eating, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to save the planet, tilapia. They're a poo eater. They eat poo. They eat poo. They eat <laughs> like poo. Joe Dirt. Ew, it's a ball of poo. He ate poo. Boeing ball. Hey, they're, like Tommy said, they're lying. They're, it's a and if, if you've learned anything over the last couple of years, they're all lying to us. They're it's a big, lying. giant lie, gang. 
What you get on our show, what you get on my podcast, what you get is guys telling you the honest to God truth. Tommy's out there every day fighting this fight, and it is a massive battle. It is a one, bro. And Tommy doesn't have to do this. Tommy can go back to selling his uni butter and making enough to pay his rent and doing that. But you saw you saw the lie. You were like, this is ridiculous. All my friends, all their businesses are going away because of the lie. The yeah, lie. The lie of that tag that they put on that bag of fish that says sustainable. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah. If you got enough money, you can say sustainable and MSC certification. And you know? it's just a lie. Yeah, man. So, Tommy, real quick, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, where you at? Let them know so they can jump on there and follow you and watch your videos in the mornings. I love waking up with my coffee watching you at the dock. Yeah. So, Tommy Gomes on Facebook, Tommy the Fishmonger on Facebook, Tunaville Market and Grocery on Facebook. Same thing on Instagram, Tommy the Fishmonger on Instagram, Tunaville Market and Grocery on Instagram. We're goofing off. We're having fun. We're doing what we want. We're doing what we can in order to help your commercial fishermen. They're not mine. They don't belong to me. They belong to you. They work for you. They feed you. They feed you and your family, and they feed this nation. Yeah. Think about that when you're buying foreign fish. Yeah, when you go to that big, giant store and you buy that bag of sustainable fish that they lie to you. I'm telling you, man, I had to run for mayor. <laughs> I feel you like Michael J. Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Yeah. I'm going to be the mayor. All right, Tommy. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for watching. Those of you that we offended, we don't care. We're just telling the truth. We're just telling the truth. The truth hurts. I'm sorry, but we don't care. But go ahead. And if you want, you can send a letter to Tommy's HR department. He will answer. You can send it to my HR department. I will answer. Right. We we don't care. Adios. See you guys. Thank you.